In the game of basketball, a maximum of five players from each team are allowed to compete on the court at any given time. New players can come onto the court from each team, but in order to do so, a player currently has to come off the court. Coach Capel was put in a tough situation this year, having to leave his five best players on the court most of the time, given the lack of talent on his bench. While recruiting top stars will go a long way to winning games, building a strong bench will go a long way to winning a championship. We discuss that and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. This is the week of March 14th, and this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. And a long, arduous season is over. Pitt men's and women's basketball have ended. Pretty disappointing runs. Second round ACC tournament uh, showings. They're over with. A lot needs to change for both programs. If they're going to both get out of the cellar of the ACC, we're here to break down the season that was for Pitt basketball in 2020. And we're here to talk about uh, me, Pam, never, ever getting to sit in class at the University of Pittsburgh again. All classes will now be distant learning, according to our chancellor, Patrick Gallagher. Yeah, very sad for those seniors. Don't get to uh, smell the chalkboard one last time or anything like that. But all done in the name of safety. Yeah, all in the name of safety. Totally understand it. Kind of bummed. I don't know what I'm more bummed about, Vince. The the pit hoops situation (laughs) or not getting to, you know, be in the cathedral for one more class. I'm going to have to be sitting at this computer the rest of the semester. Yeah, both both in dire straits, uh, but you know, one certainly needs to be taken way more seriously than the other. Um, but uh, as far as uh, you know, the basketball team is concerned, uh, we're we're here to break all that down and just uh, see where we go from here. Kind of kind of at a loss for words initially uh, after seeing the way this season ended. It was uh, yeah, woof, but. They did get that win back against Wake Forest. I'm kind of happy about that, so let's get into it here. We are the Hell to Pit podcast, and you could follow us at H2P Show on Twitter. H2P, that's the number two show on Twitter. Hail the number two, Pit Podcast at gmail.com. Hail to Pit Podcast at gmail.com is the email. We appreciate all feedback there, social media, and of course, even on Panther Lair, Reddit, wherever you find us talking Pit Panthers. Get involved on the show. We are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. You could go to prettyeasypodcast.com and do some distant podcasting. You don't even have to sit face-to-face with anybody. You could podcast from the comfort of your own home with a producer who's got your back. Ready to podcast up a storm like we do? Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com. Revenge against Wake Forest. How sweet it was, but it didn't really last too long, Pam. No, not at all. But hey, it was good to get that one out of the the way, actually break the terrible losing streak. And for the first half there against NC State, Pitt was hanging tough. And it just, they ran out of steam in that second half. NC State just pulled away. But hey, we got, we, we won one more than maybe a lot of people were thinking in the tournament. Yep. And that maybe is a microcosm of the entire season. A good start to the tournament, ran out of gas, and couldn't finish things off, Vince. Yeah, uh, whatever fuel the Panthers ran on, steam, gas, uh, coal fire, you know, they, they just just ran out of it. Um, and it, it was really 
you know, they have some good players. Some guys really emerged this season. We're going to talk about that. But overall, this team was just just not up to snuff. And, and you can't just rely on a couple guys uh, to win your game each and every night. There's very few people uh, on this planet that could do that. And, you know, the guys on the pit had, you know, they played extremely hard, um, but just not enough in the end, especially in this conference, even in a down year. The thing that stood out to me the most all season long, and we saw it from a variety of players because there were some guys who would have hot streaks, but nobody had the confidence or the, that no one was really sure of themselves to maintain that, you know, for an extended period of time. Justin Champagny maybe uh, stood out as the best player on this team, I think. But even he struggled with confidence and just, you know, trusting his skills. And I think a lot of guys on this team have that issue. And I don't know why that is when, a lot, you know, there are multiple guys on the team, Pam, who had success and stood out as looking like maybe a budding superstar or at least a a, a high-quality, high-caliber ACC basketball player, but uh, nobody found really a, the rhythm to keep it going the entire season. Yeah, and even with Champagny, he was inconsistent. He would get really cold in certain games, um, but when he was on, he was really good. But it was that lack of consistency, and for him as a freshman, you expect that. I think the biggest problem is McGowan's and Johnson almost even taking a step back at times uh, this year and definitely not consistent and definitely not the, the leaders that this team needed to have. Yeah. And, you know, you got to be able to trust yourself before you could trust other people. And, you know, Johnson and McGowan's, you know, they, they showed that they still have that, that talent. They, they still have that potential to be special players. But, you know, just too many times where, you know, maybe they should have been working the offense a little bit more or running some plays and just too many times where they just drove to the hoop and, and tried to throw up a prayer and it, and it wasn't answered. And it, it's, it's just disappointing to see that. And it just seemed like they're just trying to force it maybe just too much instead of just, just being confident and just letting, letting the game come to you. Uh, so uh, these, these guys, though, those two in particular, they, they really need to, you know, to get back on their game and play within themselves next season. If this team's going to take another step, I understand that they're asked to be doing a lot. You know, it's clear Xavier Johnson is not a, a, a pure point guard, you know, that's not his game, but if that's what he's going to be asked to do next season, he's going to have to change his game in order to do that. Do you think, how many starters do you think are back next year? Well, I'm going to say that I I still feel confident that Johnson McGowan's will be back. You know, I I know coach coach, had some, had some some real, some, some cryptic messages and, and we'll get into that a little bit about, you know, guys maybe not trying as hard or, as they should be or looking at their own stat line. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like those guys are going to be back. I think they have to be back because, because where else would they go at at this point? Uh, It would be a step down if they, if they went somewhere else. Um, And then, and then, you know, you got Tony and Champagny who, you know, really stepped up and, and improved. I thought throughout the season and, you know, and even, even a guy like cool body, he improved at the very end. Yeah, he was imp- improving from nothing to to a little something. But you know, I think you know those are you know those are kind of only the five guys I look at that really contrib- had any sort of contribution this year that I feel confident will be back uh, making an impact next year. Now, certain there's a guys like Gerald Grumgool who didn't play a ton this year. And it is just a freshman. He was dealing with some injuries at one point in time. He's got to learn, and hopefully he's going to get better. And hopefully he'll be on the team next year and make a big impact. But, you know, it's kind of those those five guys that we saw that I think of those who were the key contributors this year that I think you could count on next year 
and everybody else, uh, I'm not quite sure that we'll see them. So can we get into that cryptic messaging? Because, I mean, we're not talking about Yinzers just yet, but I mean, I talk, spoke to some people around town who saw that and just getting the vibe from what how this team's performed this season. There are people who, pit basketball fans around town that are concerned about, you know, who stays and who leaves. And does, I think that was, I took it as Capel trying to light maybe some fires and maybe weld in some cohesion and some uh, teamwork because maybe he thought, which I think a lot of us might think this, that this might have been a, this was kind of a team just of a bunch of individuals this year, kind of guys out there just trying to find their own game, but not really working well together a whole lot. And two guys stood out in that regarding McGowan's and, and the X-Man Pam, but I don't know. What do you think about that? That cryptic messaging from Capel and the reaction a lot of fans made have been making about those two players. I actually might agree with the fans. I think if I think a few players are gone, I think either McGowan's or Johnson's gone. One of really? them. I do. But, I really do. I just. But I, 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 I wanna, understand what you're saying. I want to ask you though. Yeah, because Vince kind of alluded to it. Like at the step down, I think that's why it's great that the that Pitt basketball is in the ACC because. You have to be really good to transfer out of pit to go into a, a situation where you're going to be in a spot like like well, like you are in the ACC, right? Like, where are those guys going to transfer to that would be better than playing in the well, ACC? And it's not like they're a, a junior that's already graduated. I understand. I just, you know, we'll so. see what happens. But I also, can we, what do we think about Brown? Do we think he's but, gone? Yeah, well, I'll get to that in one second. But the, the point I'm trying to make about Johnson and McGowan's is unless they're transferring to Division Two or they get some sort of waiver. UNI um, or some, some yeah, co- those other guys small would school. Have to, they would have to sit out a year. And I don't think that's something that you really want to do with your career. I don't think that's a smart thing to do. But the way NCAA is with waivers, yeah, well, you don't know. I, I, I mean, I just – I don't – it didn't work this it, year. I I think part of Capel's messaging was um, cryptic, but I do think part of it was like we're, we're shaking things up here. Well, and Well, if you look at Terrell Brown, this guy, he only played three minutes yesterday – as of this live on tape show against Wake Forest. He only played four minutes today against NC State. Um, you know, for a a junior that was supposed to be, you know, the guy uh, down low on this team, uh, a team that has hardly any size and your, your most experienced post player isn't getting any time, that kind of tells me, unless there's some sort of injury or something we don't know about, that kind of tells me that he's uh, – I don't think he figures into the future plans of this team. And you could look at a guy like Ryan Murphy, who on a team that desperately needs some some good shooting, uh, and, you know, that's what he's supposed to bring to the game. You know, he only played 13 minutes, uh, you know, today and only 13 minutes yesterday uh, on a team that with no real depth. What's that say about it, uh, about him? You know, is he somebody that's really going to return? I guess if they had that much confidence in him, uh, he would be playing more. Uh, So I could see those two guys as, you know, two possible players that aren't going to be here next year. And, hey, minutes next year are also going to be at a premium because not that he's in any kind of situation or anything, but Jeff Capel needs to start getting results, right? Better results. Six conference wins is not going to sit well with him or anybody. So he's going to, I think, be stingier with the minutes even more so next year. And that might be to his detriment considering how tough it is to go through a whole season that way as we just witnessed. But I don't know. Coach Coach seems to really be stingy with the trust moving forward. But that might I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, Pam. What do you think? I think it's a good thing because I think he has a vision of how things operate and he's been in the ACC for so long. He, he understands it, but do you think guys like McGowan's and Johnson, one of them would be comfortable or want to come off the bench? That's why they may, Johnson may come off the bench. He came off the bench, like especially a lot of second halves this year, or even he didn't start some games this year. And you wonder 
if he'd rather go somewhere and play. I understand all the logistical complications, but if we're talking about tightening the reins on minutes, that's something to well, think about. If he if he was that, you know, if he really wanted to send the message to those guys, um, or if those guys were not going to be, if he had already made up their his mind, then those guys weren't going to be on the team next year. You know, do you really think they would have played this year? Yeah, at the end of the season. I do because who else are you going to play? And you still got to play for something. I think Trey McGowan's. I like him. I think he's. Uh, it's more Johnson that I think um, struggled at times this year, and I think him not starting um, reflected that. But I, I, there's there's things to be optimistic with this team. Looking at who's coming in in next year for the Panthers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is definitely the most promising. Uh, freshman class in a while right Vincent I mean I don't I don't know which player to be most excited about but I know that you know Hughley's one was was he the first one that Capel scored of of the uh, the three I I don't recall if he was the first one but he's uh he's certainly the the highest highest touted player uh according to most uh, recruiting services uh and you know whether it's Hughley or, or Max Adonassim, or Noah Collier, uh, you know, those three guys are all all big players, you know, 6'8", six, 6'10". Six, They're going to be playing down low. And this is a team that desperately needs, uh, you know, guys that can play that position now, and, and you know, preferably two of them. Uh, you know, that would be great if two of these guys were up to the task because, you know, it, it's – I mean, yeah, as great as, you know, Champagny and, and Tony played this year, they're still only 6'6", 6'5". And so you're basically having to start, you know, a guy at 6'6", at, six, six, uh, at the four position. And Wait, against so, some of these. So are you saying that we could we could be the Kentucky Wildcats of the North next year? We could <laughs> fr- a freshman-dominated starting lineup, possibly, well, well, at least I'm with not, two guys. I'm, I'm not saying that, but, I, you know, I think there's going to be – uh, I don't think two of those guys will play. I think they'll still, you know, I think he, at the end of the day, he's still going to start his five, you know, his five best guys. But I think you got to hope that at least one of these guys, you know, preferably two of them are good enough uh, to go a cool body down there um, to, to sure up that, you know, that five position, hopefully the four position, just to give you some options. Because like when they played a team like Florida State, you know, that's running out like a couple seven footers on the floor. You know, they were clearly outmatched, you know, down there size wise. Um, So they're going to have to hope that these guys can play at least some sort of platoon of these guys will be able to, to sure things up. Maybe there's a graduate transfer in the works uh, or something like that. I, I guess that's one thing that remains to be seen, but there is one transfer that we know, is, is going to be on the team playing next year. He's on the team this year. Ithel Thor- Horton, Horton, Ithel Horton uh, from, from Delaware. Uh, this kid transferred in. He sat out this year, and Coach has been talking about him, saying that he is, you know, essentially the best player on the team in, in practice, and he is uh, going to be one of the best players in the ACC is how he feels. He was one of the top scorers at the guard position, uh, in that conference, Colonial the, Athletic, the Colonial Conference. Uh, so I, I think this guy, from, from the way the coach Capel is talking, this guy is going to be a starter next year. So you talked about, you know, is, is Johnson or McGowan's going to willing to come off the bench, Pam? It sounds like one of them is going to have to. Right. Yeah, and from what we've heard Capel say about Horton too is that it in practice and in recruiting the like one of the main talking points that Cape would always say about Horton was confident, confident player. Sure. A sure, a guy who's sure of himself uh, knows his own game and goes out there and executes it. I mean, that's exactly what this team's missing. So uh, seeing Horton out there taking, you know, if it's John, probably Johnson is, if I'm, ma- if I'm making a bet, t- taking Johnson's spot and Johnson coming off the bench might be a, a great thing for the de- desperately needing depth. Well, that's the thing. I'm I'm not up as up to date on Horton. I don't know, you know, what this uh, what this guy's game is all about. I know he could score the basketball, but is he a point guard? Yeah, that is something this team does not have. And 
you know, it would be, I think everybody's game would be elevated if they had a pure point guard on this roster. Pam, wouldn't you say, you know, that's something that they desperately need. And you talk about confidence, you talk about a leader, you know, yeah, this guy, you know, he may be the best player on the team, but you know, he wasn't playing this year. He could only sit on the bench. There's only so much he could do from a leadership leadership standpoint there. Uh, and that certainly should raise everybody's game whenever he's finally on the floor next year. Yeah, absolutely. Regardless if you sat on the bench, if you came in and you can lead this team so desperately, what they need is like a floor general, especially when things get start to get out of whack. Um, you need someone to come come in and calm kind of calm the troops down a little bit. So wait, Pam, you you mean what about um Hughley and Madison or Collier? You don't think any of those six foot eight guys can handle it and maybe they can play point guard instead since no one else, none of the short guys can? I mean, hey, look, LeBron runs point most of the time. Look at Ben Simmons. He's a point guard, too. So All we need is just a LeBron or Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's all we need. Or a Magic, I mean, or a Magic Johnson. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't, we shouldn't look at size, but most importantly, we need someone to lead the team. And I know this, you know, he wasn't the most revered person at times, but, like, James Robinson for four years was a leader on this team. Um yeah, and we talked about you know, uh, you know, in, in typical Pitt fashion during that era, everybody got real excited whenever uh, he was a freshman. But then by the time he was a senior, and the results weren't there, uh, people wanted to crucify him. But you know, he he was a a point guard that this team, uh, if he was on this team, I think that would really do wonders uh, for them. I'm not saying he was the best player in the world, but he certainly would have helped. Um, and something that this team needs, and, and Horton may be the guy, is that, you know, there were so many times this season where they would just go in these long droughts and couldn't score, you know, five minutes at a time, can't get a basket. And, and Johnson and McGowan's, you know, those guys would try to force it and try to try to get a, ba- a basket when they really needed it, and they just couldn't do it. Hopefully Horton's that guy that could just take over uh, and get his own shot and get a good shot and, and hopefully make it. I can't believe you just made me yearn for Dematha's finest to be the point guard once again for Pitt. You're right. He would. I mean, Robinson and this team might can be completely different squad, um, but they still didn't have any rebounding this season. Let's also be yeah. real about that. I mean, there was a moment in this NC State game where I'm pretty sure Pitt outnumbered NC State like three to one, four to one. I think it was like Champagny, McGowan's, and and Brown against one wolf member of the wolf pack and each they all got out rebounded by one guy. Yeah, because they didn't they're not physical enough. It doesn't matter about size. Rebounding is all about heart and effort and they did not have that under the basket this year. Well, that's Pitt men's hoops. We have anything else to wrap up this season? We got got a lot to look forward to, I feel like, a lot of decisions to be made by Capel in terms of his rotation and how that'll look moving forward. Who stays, who goes, we'll keep track of all that. But overall, what you expected, Vince? Um, at, at the end of the day, I'd say it, it was not as good as what as I expected. Um, I, I certainly didn't expect them to make the NCAA tournament. I, I want to be clear on that. Uh, but I thought they would have done a little bit better. There was just, you know, I, I didn't see the, you know, the, the step up in play that I thought we were going to see from Brown, McGowan's and Johnson, you know, as, and, you know, as good as champagne, as big of a surprise Champagne was, and Tony took that next step. Those other guys did not. And I think in the, in the end of the day, uh, you know, they didn't have the three point shooting contribution uh, from some of the bench players. Um, the, you know, Hamilton was just, uh, you know, he just a body, and they just couldn't – they just didn't have enough good players. The, the guys that needed to step up just did not do that. And it, it kind of changes my my thought going forward. Uh, whenever Capel was hired, you know, I said, you know, maybe after two years, maybe in that third year, we could finally compete for, uh, you know, to get in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, with the way things progressed, I think you got to pull the reins back a little bit on that. Um, I, I will see how we're feeling, you know, come the fall and we see what this roster really looks like and, and who they add 
and how these some of these guys look. But I'm I'm not quite sure where uh, next year is going to be the year either to get back to the big dance. It may be it may have to be the following year. What about you, Pam? What you expected? Um, yes and no. I think starting off and being competitive. I think if they they sh- I was disappointed in that they should have won some of the more winnable games, like especially at the end of the year. While we talked earlier in the season about that weight game, but like Georgia Tech, the last game of the year, that was terrible. They just got blown out by a team that was terrible all year long. Um, and I just, for me, it was frustrating at times kind of seeing the lack of heart um, and lack of passion on the court for some of the players. I think if they would have finished with a few more wins, um, I think it would have felt better knowing knowing that they were able to learn how to win as a core group a little bit more. But um, the the brightest thing that came out of this year was the emergence of Champagny and seeing him and how he could absolutely develop and lead this team in the future. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't know if, if it's the personalities just didn't, didn't mesh well with Capel, but it feels like there might be a disconnect with this team you know, all buying into one philosophy and, and one goal. There needs to, I think to be there needs to be some collective soul searching and this team just didn't feel like they were on the same page for a lot of the year. Too many individuals. Um we saw some bright spots, but yeah, Vince, I guess I might have to even pull my own expectations for year three back just a tad. Especially since we might be relying on on some guy freshmen who could be good, but relying on freshmen I don't know. It's not yeah. if you're not Duke or or or, or uh, Kentucky or one of those superpowers. It's really tough to rely on those kind of players. Yeah, and and that's the thing that that I'm kind of getting at here is you know coming in yeah you know, to next season, we were all hoping you know Terrell Brown was going to be a guy that really stepped up and and took control and was you know a dominant force. Uh, uh, under the basket in the ACC and, you know, these other freshman guys coming in next season would be able to just, you know, be the ones just spelling him a little bit and giving him a breather. Uh, but now they're going to be counted on probably to be the guys unless somehow Terrell Brown, uh, you know, makes a, a, a big step up in his game over the off season. But as of right now, I, I don't think that's something we can expect. That puts a bow on Pitt men's basketball in the 2019-2020 season. We will, of course, be talking Pitt men's basketball a whole lot this year, but the season's over. We've put a bow around it. Now let's go to Pitt women's basketball, who beat Notre Dame. Maybe the highlight on the hard hard floor, on the hard court. Oh, excuse me. I'm choking. Uh, maybe the highlight of the season for any uh, – Pit team in 2020 yet? Oh, I guess we had the bull victory, Pam. I, that I guess that was snuck into this. No, that was in December, wasn't it? That was December that was 2019. Best moment of 2020. Pit women beat Notre Dame. Down goes Muffet. Uh potentially. <laughs> I mean, we are going to be talking about Pinsburg later on, so there's been some good performances there, and hopefully some more moving forward. But yeah, we said Notre Dame is a team that could have made a run here, but uh, <laughs> they met Pit. Went pit and they just you know ran into a buzzsaw. But it's great to the season that Pitt's had. It's been a tough year for them, but it's great to end the year on the win. Um, the next game they lost to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is a bubbleish team. Looks like they're probably going to be out with some upsets in some of the mid-major conferences happening um, in the women's tournament so far. Um, but they lost to Georgia Tech, and even in the first half, we watched that game. It was competitive. And they ran out of steam, but it was it was great for them to see get a win. Um, it was it was awesome, especially in the tournament after um, what they've been through all year. And that's what you like to see in stark contrast to the men is they played hard every single game, even at the very end of the year. They did not let up. They played to the best of their abilities, which you know in a powerhouse ACC some. Some nights is very tough to do. And uh, just like Pitt men's basketball had some stars emerge, I think Pitt women's basketball relied on younger players even more so. I mean, really young players. And you talk about Day Harris, 
who I believe in the loss, Pam, she put up over 20 in the loss to Georgia Tech to to finish off the season. And, I mean, uh, young budding players and having beaten a team like Notre Dame, having that, you know, finish your season a very tough season. Make no mistake about it. They lost a lot of ACC games. They lost a lot of games, 5-26. and But we saw some young players step up and show that the the future – uh, could be pretty bright for this Pitt women's basketball team, but they're going to need some help coming in as well. Well, Day Harris, you talk about her. She was named for, uh, all ACC uh, uh, first team uh, for the freshmen. And you know, other players like Amber Brown played very well. You know, so there's. it looks like they're building a core, a nice core group of players. That they're certainly going to take a while to build up that team uh, to – even be able to compete, not necessarily compete for uh, an NCAA champ, um, tournament bid, but even competing within its own conference. But mm-hmm. yeah, it seems like they got some good building blocks. And as long as those players keep improving and they keep this program going, uh, I think they can get there. Yeah, and even a player like um, Bug, who was in her sixth year, she had injuries all year, so not having that – um, scoring option, which at times this team struggled to score. Um, it really hurt them down the stretch, not having her in a lot of games. And as of like February, she was sidelined for the rest of the year. Um, but they, you have those building blocks and you just need to continue to work the transfer market, which is people talk about it in men's college bas- basketball. The graduate transfer market in women's college ma- basketball is players are always moving in those last one to two years. So kind of maybe picking up some of more, more of those pieces this year as well. Oh, and, you know, talking about building blocks too, I want to mention Rita Bakwe, who, mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, I, we, talking about players who are handling ball, scoring the ball, also defensive presence too uh, for the future of Pitt women's basketball is there. Um, you know, and going through the ringer like this, hopefully that just – built character and put a chip on their shoulder moving forward but it was a rough one that's five and 26 is not fun for sure but at least you get a little bit of sweetness there with that victory over Notre Dame doesn't make up for all of it but certainly bodes well I think for the future and the the difference even though this team lost a lot more games Pam but the difference here but when we're talking about the two basketball teams playing in the Pete is one, uh, you know, felt like a, a, a cohesive team learning together, and another one felt more like a bunch of frustrated individuals at times whenever the bad stuff was happening for Pitt men's basketball, at least. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to put it. And for the women's team, what they really need is someone who can consistently hit some open shots and really just get a bucket when they need it. This team struggled to score. Um, Amber Brown, Day Harris, they were great, especially on the defensive end and rebounding, um, but they need another score on the team. But it was great to see them play with heart and passion and Keep up that defensive intensity. Even when things aren't going right on the offensive end, they were able to keep it up on the defensive end at times. Yeah, maybe Pitt can really focus on that end, uh, forge that identity as a defensive-minded team in the ACC, grind out some more victories next year, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, the season ends in the second round, just as the men in the, of the ACC tournament to Georgia Tech and – Five wins, Pam. I don't know what you predicted early on before the season started, but overall what you expected for a team that you knew was going to have to go through some severe growing pains? Uh, No, a little bit less in terms of wins totals, but I was happy with how they were competitive in a lot of the games, especially in games against teams they should have been competitive in. They were. They didn't, like, roll over against any of the bottom teams in the ACC. And one thing I'll – point out is you got a uh, a guy that's first time head coach right yeah so you know he he's learning on the job too and there's a lot of very good coaches in the ACC uh so you know that's uh, you know we talk about the mismatch in terms of the players there's also a mis- mismatch maybe in terms of the coaching right now but maybe in a few years that might be a little bit different pit hoops all in a pretty little bow until the end of 2020 we will meet them again um yeah 
far, far, far cry from where we once were once upon a time with pit basketball, men's and women's. But hopefully the future is bright. Let us know what you think at H2P Show or call us. We do have the Panther line at 412-407-3387. You could call that anytime and leave us a message voicemail. We'll play it on the show if you want. Give us your name, where you live, not your address, your city or your part of Pittsburgh or wherever you are. I don't know. Call 412-407-3387. I don't want to tell anyone how to live their life, but they definitely should call that number, Pam. And if they want to talk about spring football rumors, that's definitely a place to do it. It's well, it's spring break right now. No one's practicing, but with campus kind of, you know, going uh, black, going dark. No one's going to be in class. Players still get to practice, even though everything else is distant learning at the University of Pittsburgh. Correct? Correct. Yeah, that's how it is right now. The players are on spring break right now. They are. They are. So there's nobody practicing at the moment. But next week they'll uh, they'll resume to their regular schedule. They'll resume to the regular regular schedule, and uh, Israel Abanaconda will just start running all over guys again at practice and we'll see a lot of Twitter videos of that. I'm sure throughout the rest of the spring Vince. Yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, you know, we've been talking about this kid uh, for a couple months now uh, and I, I am just, just cannot wait. I think this guy is going to be a huge addition to the offense. Uh, we'll, we'll read a, a, a quote from, from coach here. He said, uh, uh, this is in response to this uh, very long run that he had. Uh, I believe it was a 70-yard run in practice the other day. said uh, he was a track guy. He's a 100-meter guy. He's fast. He's got track time fast. If you look that up out of high school, so uh, we knew he was fast and he was talented. Now, he, he also went on to say that there's a mental part of it that you could be really fast, but if you don't know, uh, if you don't do the right things, it doesn't help us. Uh, but he's shown to be pretty sound so far. But this is just install number three. Once it all loads up on him, can he block? Can he protect the quarterback? Can he do all of those other things? But if you want to just put him in there and run the ball, the defense just kind of knows that. So, you know, what coach is kind of saying there is that, you know, it's clear that he's a good ball carrier. But in order to get uh, some snaps during the season, he's got to be able to catch the ball. He's got to be able to block. Uh, And this may be a little bit of why Vincent Davis – did not get on the field as much as we saw last year, Pam. We were kind of hoping that, uh, you know, the more we saw him, the more we wanted to see him a lot more getting the ball, but it just didn't seem to happen. Uh, The carries were still a little fairly spread out. Uh, That's pure speculation. We don't know. Well, we don't know what it was. No, we don't know. I think it was also the way the running backs were used. Did anyone run the ball last year? I don't remember us running the ball. ball. I think (laughs) – Well, I I I guess my point is you're making a big leap there. I'm not saying it was blocking. I'm not saying it was receiving. Maybe it was knowing the playbook. I don't know. But no, you're making a leap. You know, none of that. I I understand what you're what coach is saying about 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 Anaconda, but I don't think you can make that leap about Vincent Davis. I think it was the offense and the way things were used. You don't know that. I, I don't. And we don't know how the running backs in general are going to be used this year either. We don't, but I guess what I'm saying from us fans perspective, you know, we kind of felt that he was the best running back on the team last year and we wanted to see him get the ball more, but it just didn't happen to your point. You know, no running back really got the ball that, that much. Um, so it, it is tough for a freshman to come in here and pick up all these different skills that they probably didn't have to do a whole lot of. Uh, in, in the high school game. Uh, but now this this is important that he learns this stuff and he gets out there because this uh, this running game desperately needs uh, a pick a pick me up. It doesn't matter if it's offensive line, better blocking, uh, more threat of a downfield passing game. Somebody has got to you know really take the bull by the horns here and, and take this football and start running with it. And someone needs to. Um actually call running plays too <clears throat> but uh, we will uh, we'll debate on that i guess uh whenever we get closer to uh, the spring game um but what about some of the other youngsters so far in spring who else has got some buzz 
in the early portions of practice here, Vince? Well, the other guy we want to talk about is Jordan Addison. This guy's a receiver, uh, freshman, and uh, he's been, you know, he's been doing a lot of work in the slot position. He's been making a lot of plays in practice from what we hear. And, and Shockey, Shockey Jock Louis, he even had to comment on it. And he said that Jordan is fast. That boy, I ain't going to say he's faster than me, but he damn near close. He's very fast for sure. So, you know, if Shockey's saying he's fast, I got to believe that this kid has some excellent speed. And that's something that we desperately need at the receiver position. We need as many dangerous players out there as possible, especially with no Maurice French this year, a guy who was an excellent athlete who got the ball a ton. And, you know, a receiver that's got really good athletic ability, is quick, uh, has good speed, and could run good routes and catch the ball uh, is going to have an opportunity to come in here and get some early playing time. And I hope Jordan Addison is that guy. Ooh, can you imagine if he has the early trust to get playing time and all these ver- – I mean, we talked about it – was it last episode or two uh, two episodes ago? The variety Kenny Pickett's going to have in terms of the style of receiver he has all around the field, the return of Trey Tipton. I mean, throw him in there as well. Wayne, the possession guy. You've got different skill sets at receiver that I feel could be utilized, if utilized in the right way, Pam – I mean, I'm not going to go out and say it now, but I I have hopes for the wide receiver core. And this receiving core, I think, could come kickoff in the fall, be one of our most anticipated things to see in that first game. Yeah, I think so. And I think it also, we'll see, see, like, probably more so over the summer, how these receivers develop chemistry with Kenny Pickett like Kenny Pickett knew he was going to have more Maurice French that to trust there so it'll be interesting to see how they develop chemistry all these variety of wide receivers with Pickett as camp continues to go on any other rumor in innuendo from from spring break Vince you hear about any of these guys getting in any shenanigans in Cancun or can we move on and I haven't heard anything about that, uh, and hopefully not. Um, but uh, we'll 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 see who shows up ready to practice next week. Well, 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 the, well. Real quick, reiterate: Do they return for practice next week? Because students don't return to classes for another two weeks. They extended spring break, which I, I'm currently on right now. You guys realize I'm doing the show during my spring break. I mean, I just to put that out there, Pam. I mean, I. I don't have You're so to, dedicated. I don't have to be here right now, but I'm. I want to talk all the the pit sports going on. Um, but yeah, pit. The good thing is, even with all the shutdowns and virtual learning at pit, yes, practice will resume because you must win football games. Win and win that ACC Coastal, baby. It begins right now for the Pit Panthers. Let's move on to. Uh, Oh, oh, well, well, oh, okay. We, I rarely do this, but Pam, I had a question when we were talking about Pitt women's basketball that, okay, no, I'm going to pocket it. I'm going to save it. I'll ask you at the end of the show. Remind me, what was that thing that was so important, Alan? Just remind me that. It's a good one. Good question I have. Okay. But let's move on to actual Pitt sports going on right now with high, high stakes, Vince. Uh, the ACC tournament just wrapped up. And now we're going to the big dance, and Pinsburg is ready to take over. That's right, Alan. Uh, the, the, the Pitt Panthers—they had that, you know, uh, highly prestigious ACC wrestling tournament championship uh, this past weekend. Pitt finished uh, in second place to NC State uh, in a very close uh, tournament, and three of the Panthers were victorious. They won their weight classes. Uh, Mickey Phillippe at 133 pounds, Jake Wenzel at 165 pounds, and the big heavyweight, Demetrius Thomas, at uh, 285 pounds. <clears throat> All champions uh, for these guys. So, you know, they are going to be moving on to the uh, national tournament, uh, NCAA Wrestling Championships, uh, in a couple weeks in Minnesota, and they're all asking the question, who's next? They just can't wait to get out there and take somebody down. But they're not going to be the only ones. Uh, We also got to give a shout-out to some other Panthers. There's going to be four other guys who are going to be participating in that national tournament. 
the Italian dream, Nino Bonacorsi, at 184 pounds. He finished third in the ACC. Greg Harvey finished third at 174 pounds. Taleb Ramondi finished second at 157. Cole Matthews finished third at 141 pounds. Uh, so all those gentlemen are going to be going to do battle uh, at the at the big tournament uh, in a couple weeks in Minnesota. We should also uh, give a congratulations to Kellen Stout, who finished third at 197 pounds in the ACC. He will not be making it. Uh, he did not qualify for the NCAA tournament. Uh, but congratulations to the seven Panthers that did, especially the three champions. And hopefully that these guys can make a run and get some national championships here. And with no with no pit basketball whatsoever in any kind of tournament, Pam, th- this is what we got. So we gotta we gotta throw all of our hype, all of our support behind uh, all the all these pit wrestlers who are going to Minnesota on March nineteenth to 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 battle through those brackets. This is what it's all about now. This is what we got here in March, Pam. This is championship season. It is March is uh, where champions are made. I also believe we did Pitt did have a swimmer qualify for the NCAA oh. tournament in swimming as well. I will um, double check that, but so it was great to see. Um, yep, Blaze Vera. He what a name for fifty free and a hundred free, and he's going to be competing in for swimming in Indianapolis, um, and then. Amy Reed for the women uh, for her platform dive diving and Serena Buckwald will also be competing for platform diving. So there's definitely some, um, some swimming there too. give them a shout out as well. So, but definitely we got seven guys for wrestling um, three between the men's swimming and diving team as well. So we, we, we've got some chances here and we're going to, we're going to make it, Make some noise here in Minnesota. Yeah, and we're going to be covering it right here. So if you need any updates on Pinsburg, what's going on, we'll be watching. We'll be talking about it right here on the Hell to Pit podcast, Vince. Yeah, these guys are going to go out there and just spear right through the competition. Yeah. I, I have a feeling. They, yeah. they are ready to go. These guys, you know, I was watching some of this over the weekend. They look sharp. They look like to be in the best shape of their lives. Oh, absolutely. And, and, if anything, Demetrius Thomas must see TV to see a big man move like that and just manhandle other large human beings. Crazy <laughs> athlete. Crazy. All right. Let's uh let's move on now and uh let's let's talk about what everyone's talking about here I- I- online first. I I mean I I have some honorable mentions, but I have what's written here as well for this next segment. Pam, uh, the internet, since you know a lot of pit students are being and fans are being confined to their homes, I feel like the pitternet is just about to get busier than ever. Maybe all time high in terms of pitternet activity coming up here in March. Yeah, especially when the tournament starts and Pitt's not in it, people are going to be uh, <laughs> clamoring. To, yeah, they're going to be uh, wanting to get their thoughts out there. Let's see what they're saying on the pitternet right now. Can you explain what internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. And to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. Pit fan DC on Panther Lair said, Pitt does not have the talent or depth for a long tournament run. The kids played hard and the building blocks are in place for the program to grow. If Pitt can keep the core of sophomores, the current freshmen show growth, and the incoming class can at least add some competent depth, Pitt will be NC State next year, a team on the bubble. Uh, you know, it seems well thought out, but I don't know. There's some holes in that observation, I think, Vince. Uh, there may be a little bit of holes, but uh, it was very optimistic on a day of, of such despair. So I, I kind of put that in there, and I, I think that's – uh, a good positive outlook on things, and that's what I'm going to be uh, hoping for, and I'll be beating that drum. Uh, a positive uh, outlook? You're going to have a positive outlook when it comes to Pitt. I always do. Um, and I'll, I'll... We had that on tape, right? <laughs> we can play that back throughout the year. Yeah, I, I, I I'm going to play that right up against him earlier saying he's quelling his expectations for <laughs> Pitt basketball. I, I, am, I am, but I, but I, I like – 
I like this train of thought, and I think if everything goes right, this this will be correct. I'm I like I like most of it. It's well thought out, Pitt fan DC. But the, the freshmen, I think, need to be more than competent depth. One of them needs to stand out as like a legit yes, baller. That, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah that's going to have to happen. Um, oh, real quick, honorable mention from uh, the Pitternet. Um, Pam, I, you might like this. Whenever the announcement was made for, you know, all the classes were going to be distant learning, virtual learning, the semester, you know, in-class learning was canceled, and uh, students are being encouraged to not return to their dorms if not if it's not necessary. Um, some some of the memes that came out were just gold. One was a beautiful story about someone saying. There was a crush they had in class, and since they're a senior, they're never going to get to see that person again. And they said a good farewell online. And then we also had uh, whoever's running the 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 pit meals Twitter account trolling all this all the students, <laughs> saying the new Chick Fil A just opens up and no one gets to eat any of it. Ha ha ha! I mean that is just rude. And then also, that is rude. And then also, you think la- even keep it open on a Sunday. Well, from what I've heard, is actually it probably is open because all campus facilities will be open, um, which that wouldn't be one of them. The libraries are open, but you know, at least I, the good thing I, that I saw from it, a lot of there is heartbreak. I'm a, I'm a senior. I wanted to be in class for the last month and take it all in, soak it all in. So there is some ups- people upset, but a lot of lightheartedness. With the difficult time we have on campus, you know, it's not easy being told you can't go to class and we've got a pan- a pandemic across the, the world and, you know, major issues. Um, but good, fun, lightheartedness on the Pitternet as we all will continue to cheer on the Pit Panthers. who are going to do their damnedest to go out there and wrestle and swim and jump and run and practice football throughout the spring now. So just thought I'd throw that in there for this Pitternet segment some lightheartedness also fun poking fun of at all the craziness going on in campus right now but it does not it pales in comparison to some of what i've heard around town i mean i talked to my uncle earlier today vince and pam you know so you know some of my relatives just them giving their thoughts on on pit basketball which i would argue whether or not any of them watched one game this year but hearing those kind of opinions on as Pitt basketball finishes off a disappointing season, it's pretty damn entertaining. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburghers talking about basketball. Always one of my favorite things. Yeah. Maybe that's what they're going to be doing right here. Let's see. Another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. Boy, I'll tell you, this Pitt basketball team, they just ain't no good. Yeah, they, they got only one kid from New York in that, and he's, of course, their best player. But, like, what happened to recruiting up there? You know, I don't know why they can't get more kids from up there. Don't Carl Kreiser have a kid by now that we can recruit? No, I think he's got a grandkid or something, too, or maybe like Chris Taft or Vance Fields. You know, anybody that could, they could get up here because, like, obviously these other kids are gradu- graduating and coming here from God knows where. This team's never going to win again. They should go back to the Big East. Hail to Pitt. What the answers are saying. So that's what the answers are saying. Uh, bottom line is everybody, I think, uh, can agree that we just need – we just need more better players. That's true. Uh, that, that, that's that's kind of what it what it comes down to. We just recruit, need more better players. Recruit more good players than all the other teams in the ACC recruit. That's the that's yeah, the goal. I'll say, and Alan, you could attest to this. If you're going to beat Duke on the court, you got to beat Duke off the court. Uh, that, that's that's what they say sometimes. I want to um, give I want to give a real quick uh, quote uh, for Pam to react to here. Uh, this is a direct oh <laughs> direct quote from my uncle talking about pit hoops as the season ended today. He said, yeah, I mean, that's as good as they're going to get. I heard half the team's leaving anyway. <laughs> well, what do you think? You know, like, maybe. I don't know if it's good or bad that I have a similar thought as your uncle. It depends what uncle. You can tell me off air what uncle. But, uh, <laughs> hey, I mean, I think... Maybe it's blown out of proportion a little, but I do think some people are going to be leaving. So 
I, I love I love that we we're, we're not all on the same page on that. So that's going to be one of the fun things to watch in the offseason for Pitt for Pitt hoops. But there's going to be fun empty arena basketball we need to talk about here, Vince. Yeah, this is something that just came out uh, before our live on tape recording here um, that the the NCAA has come down from above and said that it, we're going to have a bunch of NCAA tournament games, but there will be no paying customers. It's all going to be just family and staff uh, and maybe some media, I don't know, yeah, and- uh, watching these games. And that's and- it. And we were talking about it, but breaking news, the ACC um, starting tomorrow is not going to allow fans at the game. Same with the Big 12. There's fans there today. They're not going to be fans tomorrow. So the ACC has come out and said that as well. Oh, wow. So, see, that brings me to the question I was going to ask you about the women's tournament, Pam, because home court is kind of an important thing in there. You get it in your region, you know? I mean, without fans, could we see a lot of upsets this year? Could Duke and then in men's, can Duke go down in the ACC tournament then with no fans? I don't know, but I definitely think it's going to impact the women's game. And it'll be interesting to see if they still host them in that area because, say – um, just for example, South Carolina, they would be a host for the first two rounds. Is it, are they still going to play the games in Columbia, which they do in the women's tournament? The top 16 seeds host the first two games because it's still an advantage, even if there's no fans for the players oh, yeah. to have their own facility, sleep in their own beds. So I'm interested to see if the women's game are still going to seed. And if that 16th seed's still going to matter in the women's tournament. Well, say if it was, say if University of Washington was one of the top four seeds, would they still be allowed to to host given all the issues they're having? The big area for the women is Stanford, Stanford, yeah, and Santa Clara County. um, But even without fans, are they still going to be allowed to host? We'll wait and see. I mean, Selection Sunday, Selection Monday, right around the corner. Yeah, this is going to be... Arguably the most unique March Madness ever with that big announcement. And it's a wide open field in both the men's and women's, I feel. I mean, I'm having a difficult time pinning down one seeds, let alone who I'm going to pick to win. Um, th- this, this men's tournament, I'm probably going to go and tell you right now that I- I- I'm just... <laughs> I'm still I'm still hopeful for San Diego State, Vince. I'm still even though they've taken a step back since we last looked at some but, bracketology. I like yeah, I like well, their shot. Maybe a two yeah. seed would help them. It behooves them. <laughs> Maybe uh, next week we'll be give uh, we'll have all the brackets available to us, and we'll be doing our all of our uh, basketball uh, predictions for the men's and women's tournaments. We'll be we'll be breaking them both down. I don't know who ne- I'm going to pick ne- for the women. I am torn between two teams. Well, we'll say, save but it probably, for probably. Ne- I'm probably. Oh, save it for next week. Uh, you know, it, it depends on seeding and matchups. Now, you know, but uh, you know, March Madness. You know, some people initially thought that you know when this term came about that there was some sort of disease running wild in the month of March, and lo and behold, that's what we have. Oh, unfortunately, unfortunately, but. The fact is we're still going to get basketball, which is good, and we're going to be watching mm-hmm. it from the comfort of our own homes. And a shout-out to everyone at True TV about to get their best rating ever for a yes. game, probably, for the – for the what do they call them? The playing games? What do we call these? The, the first, first four. The first four. Yes. So get ready, strap in. We will be talking March Madness right here on the Hell to Pit podcast, even though there will be no Pit Panthers in the tournament whatsoever. Oh, uh, that does it, I believe, for another edition. Alan, what do you got to ask me? Oh, my thing was about um, empty arenas and the effect on the women's tournament. I think oh, that's going to – I think can we put – we have to keep, be cognizant. Most, most lower seeds victories, or at least maybe the most home court-ish losses in a women's tournament ever, see how important – this is a great way to actually see if home court – matters in that tournament this is really big opportunity for that well and they also do it to get more fans there because the top 16 teams typically have a really good fan base as well so it draws more fans there as well Mm -hmm. but it will be 
interesting to kind of take that fan aspect out of it and see what happens. But do you think there'll be some upsets? Maybe more of like along the three four line. I think the ones and twos might uh, might hold strong though after the first weekend. Yeah, it's going to be definitely something we're keeping an eye on with the women's tournament. And uh, we'll be, you know, sitting on pins and needles to hear any more announcements on how these events get affected. Uh, but, wow, I, this is going to be really fun. If it all j- at least just plays out, I think it's going to make for a really interesting television. And I cannot wait to see it. Also, cannot wait to see, as we've been finishing off the show, Vince, Pitt Panthers in the XFL. James Folston's Renegade's not looking too good. But the, we've got we've got Dorian Johnson on the DC Defenders back in first place. Yeah, uh, Defenders had a, a big win over the weekend. They looked impressive, uh, you know, and they're you know, like you said, tied atop of the East uh, Division. Yep, and you got Pitt Panthers in that league. You need to be watching out for. And if you're you know into football, it is football with Pan- Pitt Panthers playing in it. It's pretty awesome. And I believe that's all we have at H2P shows where you could follow us. And like I said, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but you should be calling the Panther line anytime you get a chance at 412-407-3387. Pam, anything left? Nope, just hail to pit. Hail to pit. Hail to pit, everybody. We'll see you next week here on the Hail to Pit podcast. Spring break!